Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And today we're going to be doing kind of a mid-season report card grade for uh, every team in the league. Uh, so we figured we'd just kind of take a look at... It's just a little past the uh, midway part of the season, but with the All-Star break just passed, uh, we didn't really want to talk about that because we don't care about it <laughs> in any way, really. Um, so we wanted to figure, we wanted something, there hasn't been much news, and we figured we'd rate teams based on their, uh, expectations going into the year and how they've played. So, there, we don't really have a model for this, I've kind of just grouped the teams and then we're gonna spitball what we think. It's a bit of where they are on the standings for some teams, and then also, you know, what their underlying numbers, uh, say as well. You know, for some teams, they're, they're way up but playing unsustainably, but you still got to give them credit for getting those points in the first place. So uh, with that, we'll start with the team that has the biggest news since we last recorded. We recorded, and then three hours later, Peter Shirelli got fired. The only team that got an F halfway through the season is the Edmonton Oilers, and I'm not even putting this on the players. This is mostly on management, ownership, and their old GM. Yep, F is for fired. Yep. So the Oilers currently sit, I think it's their third last in the west. Yep. And they are they're only 3 points out of a playoff spot, which is crazy to me, but and they still have four teams to jump just to make it in. So just to give you an idea of how close the playoff race is, right now both wildcard teams are tied with 52 points at the time of recording. The Canucks also have 52 points are just outside, and then the Ducks have 51, the Coyotes have 50, the Oilers and Blues both have 49. So there are legitimately still seven teams that could make any of those bottom two wildcard spots, and the Golden Knights, or sorry, not the Golden Knights, the Wild only have 55 above, so their spot's not secure either. Edmonton, for me, the reason they got an F, and again, this isn't, I definitely didn't judge every team on this management style, but, I mean, they're just so poorly set up for the future now, which you should never be saying about the player, the team that has the best player in the world. Yeah, like, there are teams doing worse than Edmonton, but any team third last in its conference with the best player on earth is almost by definition an F everywhere else. Yeah, 100%. That's the only way you can both have Connor McDavid entering his prime and be third last in your conference at the same time. Yeah, the team, we don't need to brag on them too much. Uh, We can touch on the Chiarelli firing. We basically eulogized it last week. We really did, uh... He shouldn't have been around for that long anyways. The Koskinen contract makes even less sense to me now because, uh, I mean, it came out that it was a team effort from by the Oilers to sign him, and that would scare me if I'm an Oilers fan. That would terrify me. Because I think uh, Shirelli was bad. He should never work as a GM or anything like that again. However, I don't believe it was all him. There's been mixed reports. Uh, some people believe that it was mostly him doing the job, and then others believe that it was truly a team business. Uh, Freeman, Elliot Freeman on the 31 Thoughts podcast was more on the side that it was him doing the job and guys like Lowe and Gretzky, they said their words, but they weren't always taken and they didn't do as much as some people think. I don't know where you fall on that. I That sounds like something that you would want. Like, that's, if you're the Oilers who remain, you have a huge incentive to put that exact story out there. That's what I'm thinking too. And I mean, we've just seen it with... Just look at the the boys' club that's been formed. I mean, yeah. Gretzky's brother's the new interim GM, and people are like, well, he paid his dues. It's like, well, that's that's the problem. It's you're hiring people who've paid their dues, so to speak, and it's just no. There's no. Uh, it's groupthink. There's like, no creativity. Friedman was on the podcast as or the Thirty One Thoughts podcast again, and he wanted Dello to be hired by Edmonton. I think that would be hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't agree with. Everything he says at all. But Edmonton should totally be looking at analytical thinkers. Yes, I would Whether much... you want that to be Dello or not, or someone else, like, there are... Yes, there's a ton. It, it, that's the general idea, yes. anyways. Um, I think Tyler Dello represents, like, the analytics person in a lot of people's minds, so... Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have much more to say about that. I think, if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm still... I'm happy he's gone, but I'm still a little worried, because I think it starts with the owner. The yeah. owner's clearly shown he wants uh, part in the business, which, you know, with the whole uh, drafting Yakupov thing, I don't know. Did we go over that story last week? I, I feel think, like we did. I think we did. Yeah, drafting Yakupov, how he was pretty much the only guy who made the decision to do it, him and one other person. Did you hear that? Him and one other person, but the scout who wanted, who didn't vote for Ryan Murray, voted for Galchenyuk. It yeah. just didn't count so, towards Murray. That that scares me. That does that scare me. me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I... 
I'm I am intrigued, I should say, uh, to see who their next GM is. Uh, I think they they definitely should go full analytical. I don't. I'm not convinced at all that they will. I would love Ken Holland to be their next GM. I think that would be That'd hilarious. Be hilarious, yeah. Yeah, like, I was really skeptical of the idea that it was a groupthink when it got brought up, but then the second they fired Shirelli after letting him make a three-year decision, like, that... That screams it. Yeah, like, that moved the goalpost so far yeah, for me towards I, work. I don't think you can say both that it was a team-efforted contract that made, and then also, yeah, no, it's just Shirelli making the moves, it's no one else. You, yeah. can't, you can't say both of those things within 48 hours of each other. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. Um, so I'd be terrified if I was an Oilers fan. Uh, yes, but... I would too. Okay, we got six teams in the D category here. Uh, let's start with the first two, LA and Chicago. Um, I think most people, especially stats people, thought they'd be pretty bad, but not this bad. They've just been horrible this year. Yeah, they've been pretty brutal. Uh, Chicago surprised me more than LA. Me too. I thought Chicago would be a bit better than they are now. Um, a lot of that was dependent on Crawford, though. Yeah, and Crawford's been hurt for over half the year, or most of the year, really. Yeah, I um, think he might even be done he's, now. He's done now, too, yeah. The, the Kings, I don't still going from 8th, the 8th seed. I mean, and they looked fine last year until they got to the playoffs, and it was just painfully obvious how slow their team was. Yeah. And that's just really oh, caught. Oh, it was brutal to watch. The, the way to address that isn't by going out and signing 34-year-old uh, Ilya Kovalchuk or <laughs> no. 36-year-old or whatever, however old he is. Trying to win the 2012 Stanley Cup by even more. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't have high expectations of this team. Them literally throwing, having a good conversation for them to be finishing 31st maybe wasn't what I was expecting, but they've just been... And they're just a boring team. They're so bad. Like, that's like... Uh, I, I'm not as surprised with LA, even though they were an eighth. Like, the new model I'm making was trained on year-to-year correlations, and last year it had... The Kings is, like, the third worst team in the league or something like that. So, like, they were, they were in Ottawa and Buffalo territory last year. That was without, and then... That, yeah, that's fair enough, I guess. I don't know. I mean... Like, they're bad. Yeah. They're just... They're just... Yeah, and they're not fun to watch either. I mean, Ottawa's at least bad because they're playing high-paced hockey that they just can't sustain, but... And they have nothing to look forward to at the moment either. No, like... Yeah. The next couple teams on this list are the Blues, the Devils, the Flyers, and the Panthers. All four of these, other than the Devils, three of these teams we were pretty high on to start the year. Yes, so three, let's do the Devils, let's do the Devils, because they're the odd man out here. Um, I I feel like uh, the league around them, I don't think too many people thought they'd be improving off their results last year, but at the same time, I think a lot of people also didn't expect them to take a huge slide like they have this season. Yeah, they were one of the... PDO teams last year, were they not? Yes, they were. And their goaltending has came down. Well, the, the weird thing was that they didn't even have good goaltending last year. Just Taylor Hall lugging that team yeah. to the playoffs. Yeah, this year they're, t- they're currently tied for dead last in the NHL with the Ottawa Senators. They're not that bad, but they're not good. Goaltending has been their Achilles heel this year by far. Uh, yeah. Taylor Hall's been out for a little bit too. That hasn't helped. But, I mean, Corey Schneider just hasn't been good enough and. Or Corey Schneider's been bad, I should say. Yes. Keith Kincaid just hasn't been good enough. Blackwood's been a bit of a stopgap there, but I mean. Did uh, Schneider end up going all of 2018 without a win? No, he had, I think he had one. Did he get one in December? Yeah, I think he had one in December. Okay, because it was right near the end of December when that got floated. Yeah, I think he had one in December. Um, Yeah, the Devils, in terms of shot share and stuff, they're like 22nd and... 16th and expected goals. So, like, they're not horrible. They're, they're fine. Their results have just been real poor. Um, they're not like a team dripping in talent that you would expect to grossly outperform their metrics either. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, and then the other three teams, I guess, let's do St. Louis and Florida because those two teams are both kind of climbing back up. St. Louis is right in the, the wild card picture again. And Florida, I mean,. I say climbing back up, but they're still ten points out of a playoff spot. They're they're That's pretty far to yeah. climb. They're not near the the problem with them is they're still five points out of last and ten points out of a playoff spot. They're going to be stuck right in the middle. Yeah, this is again this is a team. You know, goaltending has not helped. There's a very common trend at the bottom here. Always is. Um, Reimer and Luongo just haven't been good enough this year for them. But at the same time, like they've just been disappointing. 
Yeah, I expected them to at least be where Buffalo is, which is hanging around the wild card, just a few points out sort of thing. Yeah, and at the very least, like, I don't know, like, they're they're not one of those teams that are just getting absolutely killed by goaltending. I mean, they're 12th in, in shot chairs and about 20th in X goals. Like, it's not like this is a team that should be absolutely winning games and their goaltending's absolutely killing them. The computer boys are gaming, Corsi. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, this is just bad. I don't know. Been, I thought this team would be where Montreal is this year, if I'm being honest. Just in one of those two wildcard spots and maybe even competing for a third spot in the Metro. Or uh, the Atlantic, sorry. And they've just been com- very disappointing. Like, Yeah, they've been bad. I thought, yeah, like I don't know. I don't, I don't have too much to say on them. I just thought they'd be the fourth best team in their division. But also, that could have been a you know potential for a third best if things went right and... I thought they'd for sure be competing for a wild card spot, and they're just very, very out of it right now. Yeah, and now it makes Evgeny Dadnov one of my new favorite rentals, hopefully. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, they have a lot, and, and that's the thing about their roster. Like, you go through those forwards, and they, they have so many up top that it's just like, wow, this guy's good. This guy, like, Barkov's amazing. And they traded for Hoffman. Hoffman's been great to this year. I mean, he's got a shooting slump now, but he's probably, I think he's still going to hit 30 easily. Dadanov's great. Dadanov might be the most underrated player in the league. I think he probably has. I think it's gone from Barkov to him. Yeah. Trocek's good. Bugstad's good. Yeah. Uh, Trocek was hurt for most of the year. Uh, he took that nasty knee injury in Ottawa a couple months oh, back. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. But still, like... Like, the hole is so much less than the sum of the parts here. Yeah. Like, Hoffman's at 23 goals in 48 games. There's no way he's not going to hit 30. Yeah, that's pretty darn good. Like, I just don't understand why this team is so bad is it like is it defense is that the issue i don't uh, i don't defense. love i don't love eggblad as my number one but he's not horrible they're a classic like uh defense by committee team yeah pissick's good yandel's good like yeah pissick hasn't been doing great this year but he does have good priors at least they're like i don't know what is really wrong with this team other than goaltending i guess yeah like yeah i don't know just underwhelming um and then you got St. Louis. Uh, they just started off the year just horribly for a team that I legitimately thought could be a Stanley Cup contender in terms of talent that they have on their roster. Yeah, we both had the Blues like comfortably third in the Central at yeah, the start of the year. I thought for sure. And then, no, not at all. Six points behind Minnesota. Yeah, they're just not having a good year. No, I mean, they, they finally started to bounce back. And... Uh, that's fair. I, again, like again, goaltending. One of the things was if the Blues were going to be good, Jake Allen has to be good, and he absolutely was not. I mean, you look at how they've played. I think over the past couple of months, they've been up top in expected goals. They're sixth overall in the season, and considering like a month in, they were like twenty fifth. That's really not that bad. They've been climbing. Yeah. So, I mean, they got a PDO of ninety nine point three six. So it's starting to rest. That you know, the, their their biggest problem is. Uh, Save percentage, I think. Twenty sixth like in the league, and the the thing with that is, people knew that coming in. I mean, yeah. me and you said that, like they should be the third best in their team, but it does depend on Jake Allen, right? Like that was uh, like we were both pretty high on them, and Dom Lucision's preseason articles, he was super high on their forwards and defense, but had them way lower than everyone else just because of Jake Allen. Yeah, well, and it's not even Jake Allen that's having them climb out of this hole either. I forget what the... It's the rookie goalie that came in. Birmingham or something like that? Oh, yes. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's came in and he's taken the starter's role effectively, pretty much. Which is just... I don't know. Like, good for him. But the, that says something. Like, they let Carter Hutton walk this offseason to it's, Buffalo. And they knew they needed a pro... Like, they needed help in net. Out signed long-term, too, isn't he? Yeah, relatively, I think. You know, three years left. Yeah. Um, Jordan Binghamton. Did he used to play for the juniors? He might have. Like way back when? He's 25 now, so maybe not. Yeah. Um, it's just... it's <laughs> The worst I, is they crushed the O'Reilly trade exactly as much as we all thought they did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like the players they traded to Buffalo have been terrible and O'Reilly's been amazing. And, and yet, yeah. not even a month ago, we're talking about trading Petrangelo and uh, Tarasenko. Tarasenko. Yeah. Maybe a D's not quite the fairest rating given their... Uh, underlying numbers, but at the same time, they didn't address anything going into the year with their goaltending, 
They knew it was going to be a problem, and guess what? It was a problem. Yeah, so, I think it was as bad as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, and then for Philly, uh, this is another just wild team. Uh, again, goaltending. Carter Hart's been good now, though. Yes. Or, you know, at league average, which is all you can really want. Did uh, you see what they said today? Yeah, so today the rumor came out, or well, not even a rumor, the GM just came out and said every player but Claude Giroux is available. Which is bold. That's what I thought as well. I thought saying a th- First of all, I think saying... Anyone is not available is a little bold, unless it's like... Like, if you they said Ivan Provorov is not available, I would have a really hard time well, arguing with that. Yeah, but. like, any... Sorry, I should have rephrased that. Anyone who's 28-plus, like... Yeah, exactly. The the If there's one guy you have to choose on that whole team to say he's not available, I guess, like, Carter Hart probably goes by without saying, right? But if there's one guy, I'm just not saying it's the 31-year-old. No, like, if you wanted to say Gostas Bear, Provorov, Patrick... Patrick. Probably Couturier, Sanheim, and, and Hart. Hart, and if you wanted to argue Giroux, sure. But I would argue all six of those guys should be made untouchable for, before Claude Giroux. Yeah, like, and, and I, I talked about it with a couple of people on Twitter today, and, you know, I, I was like, making a 31-year-old as your only untouchable seems bold, especially because he's killing it. Like, he's been, he had 108 points last year, and he's on set pace, I think, to get close to 100 again this year. Like, he's been absolutely killing it. And the response I got well, was, well, he's a captain. you got to keep your fans happy. Well, fans like winning. Yeah. Fans are going to be happy if you win. I feel like the fans would definitely trade um, an extra however many points in the standings, even if it costs them Claude Giroux, because yeah. fans enjoy winning above all else. Exactly. And I'm not saying you trade... Whoa. What? Maple Leafs acquired Jake Muzzin from the LA Kings. All right, so we have some breaking news. Oh, shit. I think this is the first time we've ever broken anything on the podcast. For Carl Grundstrom, Sean Dursey, and a first-round pick. Oh, my. Hmm. Huh. So that's our raw reaction right there. Um, Should we touch on LA? Or... I guess we might as well go back to LA. Do you want to keep going on this, or do you want to get to Toronto when we get to Toronto? Let's Let's keep going. All right. Oh, well, that's okay. That's a, that's crazy. Yeah. So we'll keep going through these kind of kind of fast. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Wow. Wow. That's okay. Uh, as I was saying about Giroux, um, fans. I'm not saying trade Giroux for scraps by any means, but if you get a great offer for him that you think will make your team better next year, take it. Yeah. Like, like he seems like uh, like he was one of those guys who was aggressively declining. As he was approaching age thirty, and then he kind of snapped back this season. So I almost wonder if not selling on Claude Giroux might end up being the type of thing that you look back on and go, "We could have sold high when he was a thirty-one-year-old." We know most thirty-one-year-olds don't randomly become good again. So, yeah, like all the signs were there. Like, it would be tough to trade Claude Giroux, obviously, but I think there is a lot of room to look back on this with hindsight and say, "Wow, they really should have traded him." Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right, let's go to the C grades. I'm going to start with Ottawa. Uh, they probably could be in the D discussion as well. I'm going to go a C minus or so. I think everyone thought they'd be 31st, and the fact that they're even competing with five other teams is probably. Yeah, I mean, if you if you were looking at it realistically from the beginning of the season, it's not that surprising that where they are now. But I mean. I feel like people legitimately came enter this season thinking they were going to be one of the worst teams in history. Yeah, that was the thing. People were comparing them to being like, oh, these guys are much worse than the tanking Sabres sort of thing. Which, like, they haven't been an absolute atrocity. They have Mark Stone. Shabbat's been good at least. Like, there's been a lot more to look forward to with the Sens this year than I think I expected and a lot of people expected. Yeah, 100%. Um, then we'll go to the team that has the Sens first-round pick, I guess. Colorado Avalanche for my next team in the C. Yeah, that's fair. I, for me, again, they were a PDO team huge last year, so it shouldn't be surprising that they are struggling this year. For me, the reason I gave them a C is not that their top line has been awesome. Like the it's, McKin- been it's been the best one of the, or the second best line or whatever you want to call it in the, in the league. The Bergeron line hasn't been playing the whole time, so if you wanted to call them the best line, you'd... Yeah, perfectly reasonable to do so. And the reason I gave them a C is just because their their depth has been just atrocious. Yeah, they don't. As soon as that line steps off, they just don't get scoring at all. No, like not at all. The only bigger gap between team or when, between when someone steps on and off the ice is Connor McDavid and the Oilers. You know, like 
Stone in the sands. Yeah, but maybe. And like, but even then, like, the Avalanche just have nothing. No. Like, no one's putting the puck in the net behind them. And they get stretches of it, maybe for a couple games. But overall, like, it's been a huge problem. It would also start to concern me. This is the second straight year Gerard has not been special at 5-on-5. Five five. He's young and everything, but I feel like he gets a little more hype than he maybe should. Yeah, I think so, too. I could see him being a fine second-pair defenseman. Yeah, and he could still be a first-pair defenseman. He's super young, but just I would like to start seeing some results at 5-on-5. Five five. I think it's start like you should at least be a conversation why they aren't there at this point. Yeah, for sure. I, that's all I really... That, I just gave Colorado C because everything but their first line has been not great. Yeah. Yeah, the first line gets an A+, the rest of the team gets like a D. Yeah. I'll go Detroit and the Rangers next. Two teams that we both just figured were going to be bad and are bad, but not... Kind of like Ottawa. Yeah. We thought they'd suck. and Just they're not as sucky. Is <laughs> yeah. the best way I can put it. Um the Rangers, uh, Lundqvist is doing his best he possibly can, but he's... It looks like for the second straight year, the Rangers are going to be the winners of the trade deadline. Yeah, I could see it. You know, uh, Hayes. Hayes is having an amazing year at the perfect time. Uh, I could see someone going all out for either of Zuccarello or Kreider. I, yeah. They're good players, but they're not really in the Rangers, like what the Rangers need at the moment. So I no. can see them crushing those returns, just like they did. The McDonough return last year, again, a good player, but they got a ton for him, so. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, Yeah, d- d- and Detroit's an interesting one. We've kind of been over it again. There's not a ton of people to sell. No. I think, what, Nyquist is up, I think? Yep. Yeah, and that, that'll probably be your biggest trade. Jimmy Howard, too. Uh, You could probably get a decent return from Howard. The problem is most of the teams at the top of the standings look good in that. And no one's looking for a rental goalie kind of thing. Exactly, so. Um, yeah, that's all I think I really have to say about those two teams. Anaheim's another one I had. Um, John Gibson would get an A plus by we himself need to invent a higher grade for John Gibson. Yes, and then the rest of that team would probably get a D or an F. I mean, yep. they battled with injuries. I will give them that. They have just been injured the pieces this year. Yep. But at the same time, they have just been horribly for shot shares, even with a healthy team. I mean, and they just lost their best skater for the year. Yeah, Andre Cash uh, Cas. Kasha. Kasha, yeah. he He's out for the year. Uh, that's a real big loss. That's Yeah, you could see such an aggressive uptick in their underlying numbers when he stepped back in the lineup. He's an incredibly underrated player, too. I feel like people know he's good, but I just don't feel like people know how good he is. Yeah, like he's a legit first-line winger. Yeah. Um, who gets used like a third-line winger. Yeah. Again, I don't have a ton to say on most of these teams. Yeah. Good for Gibson that the Ducks are even yeah, Gibson, clinging to life. When we say Anaheim is just the team and they could probably get a D, Gibson would be an A++. Like, he's 105% right well, now. If you wanted to give the rest of the team an F and Gibson it, yeah, let, A+, I'd be like, he's yes, been, I get that. Yeah, if, he should win the heart, if they, especially if they make the playoffs, if we're going by that dumb rule. Yep. Uh, he should win the heart, and he if anyone else wins the business here, I, I think we should riot. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, Barring an atrocious second half, he should win the heart, too. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, he's on pace to absolutely crush the goal saved above average record. Yeah, it looks like he's gonna. So, yeah. Uh, the next two teams to round out the C group would be Carolina and Buffalo. Buffalo, I debated a bit. I could see them being like a, a B minus, C plus type team. It's been a real tale of two stories with Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, it has. They had the, the 10 game winning streak where they looked amazing, and then they also had a just a. After that, they've just fallen off. They're already four points out of a playoff spot. It's going to be real impressive if they win 10 games and miss the playoffs. Yeah, the odds aren't in their favor of making the playoffs anymore, though. No, they're really not. I mean, they're under... I think they're they're probably the worst, maybe other than New York Islanders, they've probably got the worst underlines of teams in the playoffs right now. Washington's are real bad. Oh, true. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's all I really... I don't like Buffalo's. It, they've been an interesting team. Oh, I lied. Washington is ahead of Buffalo. Oh, still. there you go. And have a hell of a lot more shooting talent than Buffalo. Exactly. The Skinner Eichel combo's been a lot of fun. Yep. Um, Reinhardt's been great. Deline's been pretty solid for an 18 year old defenseman. Yeah, it looks like he already should project to be like the next big thing as far as defensemen go. Which is very exciting. Uh, they need to find other talents to surround that blue line with, though. Yep. Uh, uh, Pillot's been a fun surprise. Yep. Uh, Hutton's been good and 
okay. Like, he's regressed a little lately, but he was playing real good to start the year off, and I think that's all you could really ask for him. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was skeptical of that contract, but it looks like it's pretty fine. Yeah. Uh, Middle stat's been replacement level, so that's fun. Yeah, I mean, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> no, not a, no one. Exactly. So, uh, uh, next up is the Hurricanes. I'm, again, I feel like we go through this every year where we hop on the, the, the Canes bandwagon and it doesn't pay off. The obvious thing this year that was gonna, that could have been the problem was the problem. Uh, goaltending has been crap. Yep. And shooting talent just hasn't been there uh, for the most part, you know? Someday someone will figure out why Caroline has always got the worst PDO in the league, but. Yeah, and I mean, like, part of that is, you know, for the last couple of years, they had Scott Darling and Cam Ward as their goalies, and I, I still think the Scott Darling trade was fine. I respect that type of trade where you try and take an unproven, uh, a relatively unproven backup. I think with Darling, you could look at that and go, okay, he played what? Did he even play 30 games as a Hawk? I don't know if he... Uh, I don't... He faced a couple thousand shots, at least. It yeah. wasn't like he played nothing. Because I know he played over a couple years. I think it was like 2,500 shots faced in a Blackhawks uniform or something along those lines. Yeah, okay, never mind. He played He played more than I thought. He played about 70 games, 75 games with the Hawks, and five in, in the playoffs as well. Okay, only about 2,000 shots faced. I was a little wrong, but... So, yeah, I mean, you probably want a bit more of a track record than that, but... But goalies who are slam dunks cost way more than what they gave up for Scott Darling and are basically never available, so. Exactly, and Scott Darling's save percentage over those 75 games was still, like... It was 9.36, 9.15, 9.24 for the three seasons, and then he drops to 8.88 and 8.84 in Carolina. He got worse after an 8.88. That, like, that's insane. That drives... It's not like Carolina's a horrible defensive team, either. No, that's... A, the, um, Andrew Berkshire was talking, and he has access to sport logic data, which is... I don't know. I don't have access to it, but it's just thousands of microstats. pretty much. Yeah, and he said there's not even anything, and it's not even like they're allowing a ton of pre-shot movement or anything along those lines. I, that's wild. It's, I mean, they've climbed within four points of a playoff spot again there, and they're tied with Buffalo. That's still pretty far out, and again, I... Unless the Islanders, unless uh, Leonard just stops playing, you know, like Rice stops playing too, I don't really see a way that any team's sliding to the point where the Canes are going to catch them. No, I don't either. Um, yeah, I don't... They've, they've been, been disappointing, I guess. But. Yeah, and I mean, their play itself has been fine, that's why I didn't want to give them a D, because I didn't think that was fair. No. And they've climbed back within a playoff spot, so hey, C-plus-ish. Uh, there's a ton of teams in the B range here. Should we start with the team that just made the trade? Uh, yeah, if you want. We might as well. All right. So, the Toronto Maple Leafs, we just found this out on the podcast. If you, I'm going to leave that pause in because that was me literally reading that over four times to make sure I wasn't getting duped by a notification. The Leafs just traded for Jake Muzzin from the LA Kings. Uh, the return was Carl Gunstrom, Sean Dursey, and a first-round pick. I love this trade. This legitimately makes Toronto a cup contender. I can't. Bl- I don't think it can be hard to argue, or like I think it'd be real hard to argue. Sorry, that they're a cup contender now, like a legitimate one. Yeah, this they have four good defensemen now. Yeah, and which I don't know has been if that's been true in our lifetime. No, I don't know either. Um, it certainly hasn't been recently. Nope. This is this is huge. Uh, Jake Muzzin, I can't. I mean, you have his page uh, brought up, Ian Tullock, or Ian Graff, if you want to find him on Twitter, uh, tweeted uh, just now about, he, he compared Jake Muzzin and he looked at Ryan McDonough's from last year, he said it's pretty similar trade, and I would agree with that, except Muzzin's a better player than McDonough, which is just even better for the Leafs. They gave up two B-level prospects, and again, I don't I don't know a ton about Sean Dersey, but, you know, Grunstrom looks like he will be an NHLer, a bottom six NHLer, but still, so that's fine for the Kings. I don't. I'm not a huge prospects guy. I know Sean Dersey has had a little bit of talk behind him, but he was a really interesting pick. He was an overager with great numbers, so he was like a very what people would expect of Kyle Dubas pick. He's got a lot of points, like he's a high scoring defenseman, but um, he's not a blue chipper by any means. No, I don't sure. know a ton about prospects, but I do know the Leafs getting a top four defenseman without giving up Sandine or Lilligren is huge. 
Yeah, like that's massive. Um, and that's it's it's weird. So the one thing I don't get. So L.A. literally a week ago had pretty much said the asking price for Muslin was a first round pick and a high end prospect. Do they view one of those guys as a high end prospect? I wonder if they view Grundstrom and Dursey combined as two future NHL players and value that more than the I guess. high end prospect. Maybe. Not that that would be right to do, but maybe that's the mindset that we get a guy we can pencil in as, say, a number four and a third line winger. I guess. Because that, like. Number four defense. It's not like if this deal happened a month from now and this was a trade deadline deal, I'd say, all right, fine for the Kings. This is the best offer you think you're going to get? That seems strange, does it not? Yeah. Like, I don't. It's not the worst. It's good for the Kings in terms of they are rebuilding, they need guys. And picks. Yeah, picks is the answer to the Kings' problems, most so likely. But you, you get a first, which is good for you, but I mean, that first is going to be in the 20s. I would be surprised you couldn't get Winnipeg. To, like, Winnipeg's just dying for help on the left side. Yeah. I'd be surprised you couldn't get something. Like, not that they got nothing in return. Like No, I, first, again, and Grunstrom should. I would be shocked if Grunstrom's not an NHLer. Yeah. I mean, there's people talking about him coming up to the NHL next year for the Leafs and cracking that for if they could get rid of a Brown or a Hyman if they needed. Yeah, I would be really surprised if either of them are, like, big impact NHL players, but I would yeah. also be surprised if they don't end up making the NHL at very least. Yeah, I I don't I love this deal from Toronto. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, you know, if this gives you a legitimate... If you use your top four correctly, this gives you a legitimate good top four. And at the very least, it's mean it should mean Ron Hainsey won't be playing the, the most in the right-handed D. Yeah, a lot gets made out of Babcock having like a handedness fetish, but he's been playing left-handed Ron Hainsey on the right side all year, so I imagine that means left-handed Jake Muzzin goes on the right side now. That would be my guess. Uh, Muzzin-Riley, that's a nice first pair. Yeah, actually Riley might go to the right side. He's played the right side before, but still, the top yeah. pair, that's pretty damn good. You know, and then ideally I think you go Gardner-Dermott. But I yeah. would imagine it'd be Gardner Zaitsev or Gardner Hainsey, and then Zaitsev Dermot. Yeah, and then the Oshiganov probably rotates in, and Hall or Marinson gets waived or traded. Yeah, I imagine uh, the same way they traded what's his name Levo for Carcone. Yeah, I think you might see Hall go for a seventh round pick or some AHL player nobody's ever heard of tomorrow. It's possible. I think it's a little different with Hall though because they just like to me they just wanted him up as a spare body just in case. I'm not saying it's right, but I could see them trying to trade Marinson if they don't think he has a much of a future with them and they he could actually get something for them. Yeah, Babcock does seem to like Marinson more than Hall though. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I never really understood. If you wave Hall, I don't think anyone claims him either. I would be really surprised at this point in the season. Someone's like, we absolutely need to shake up our team to add Justin Hall right now. Like, who's claiming a guy who's played, what, three games this year? I think it's two. <laughs> <laughs> two games this year and was probably a fringe seventh D going in anyways. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I don't wasn't very high on Hall. I thought he was fine. It's nice to see he came out from the ECHL. That's a cool story. It's a cool story. But, I mean... I'm sure he can be a number six somewhere, but there's no ringing, no less of a ringing endorsement among hockey men that I can think of than Mike Babcock not playing you with the absolute carcass of a right side that yeah. he has. So. Yeah. Maybe someone's super high on him, but... Uh, this is... This... I shouldn't say excites me. I mean, I don't know. I'm If I'm a Leafs fan, I'm really excited. I'm, ex- I'm very excited to see the playoffs. This is awesome. Uh, I was in general. I was just thinking the other week already I want playoff hockey to start. I just watch meaningless auto Senator games. <laughs> Completely meaningless, too, because when they lose, I don't even get to cheer for a tank. Boston, Toronto, or Montreal, Toronto should be an epic first-round series. Toronto, Tampa in the second round, too. Or Boston, Tampa, and, and the meltdown that is Leafs Twitter. Oh, I'm so <laughs> ready for I am very ready for playoff hockey. The other nice thing about this is if they lose, like say the Leafs get bounced in the first round this year because Anderson sucks in the playoffs or something like that, uh, Muzzin has another year left. Yep, one point. It's exactly like the McDonough deal. I think Ian did hit the, the nail on the head, except Muzzin's a bit better of a player. And yep. Yeah, I, that's pretty much the only, that's the two similarities really that are super close. I think the prospects are probably about equal level as well. Yeah. You know, both kind of B level. 
Both should be NHL players, but not necessarily studs. Yeah. Uh, so we got a bunch of teams still on our list. Uh, I think that's probably enough we can say for now. We can probably talk about at least will be a focal point going forward, anyways, uh, as they usually are on our podcast. Um, so let's take a look at some teams. I have Pittsburgh and Washington and Columbus, the three Metro teams here in B B grades, uh, B minus, B B plus, whatever you want to give them. For me, Pittsburgh again, tale of two teams: one that had a goaltender, one that or one that didn't have a goaltender, one that now does, and one where Sidney Crosby has really just said, "All right, enough of this." He might win the MVP this year if we're being legitimate about it. I could see him not winning it because, like, voting. I would go the other way. Really, I would I, think. Mm. Like, if I had a ballot, I'd be voting Gibson today, but I can totally imagine a narrative where Sid wins. Maybe. I, there hasn't been a bunch of hype about that, has there? They were just hyping him up for the Selkie, though, which is like... I guess. Well, because he just said he wanted to be in the Selkie. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, sure, any player would. His defensive results have been pretty good, but I can... Like, the more and more they talk about Sid for Selkie and look that he's going to put up, like, 100 points, yeah. I can totally imagine how that very quickly morphs into a heart trophy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um... Yeah, so the Penguins are back in the second wildcard spot. I'm going to say they're probably going to beat one of the three Metro teams by the end of the year. They have a way better goal differential than the two teams in front of them. Or three teams if you include Boston, too. Not just the division, and that's usually a sign of good things to come. Yeah. Uh, For Columbus and Washington, Columbus obviously has a real interesting trade deadline. Uh, They have to decide what they're doing with Panarin or Bobrovsky. Panarin's agent just came out today, said we're not discussing any more contracts until the end of the year. God, that sucks. Yeah, so they really have to take a look at what they want to do here. Uh, Again, we'll probably get into that close to the trade deadline. Washington, I mean, their metrics haven't been great, but their shooting talent is finding a way, and that's that's what did it for them last year, too, so... Uh, I don't know if do you have anything to say about either of those two teams. Yeah, on paper, I really want to bet against Washington, but I don't know. I mean, I bet against them all last playoffs. Look, yeah, and... I'd look pretty stupid doing it last year, so. Yeah. Uh, in B as well, I have Boston, San Jose, Minnesota, Dallas, Vegas. All five of those teams were just kind of teams I thought were exactly right where we kind of figured they'd be. Minnesota's maybe a bit above. Boston's... Boston's been a little worse than I yeah, expected. Yeah, and then, but that's due to injuries, I'd say. Like, yep. Bergeron's been out, McAvoy's been out, Chara's been out, uh, you know, and they're still tied for the third Metro spot, or two points... Two points back. Two points back times. of the, the third uh, Atlantic spot, sorry. With two games in hand, though. Yeah, so, I mean, they're looking fine. I would expect them to be right right there, either the first or second wildcard spot by a little amount on... Montreal for the third if there's another team in there. If um, I'm the Leafs, I'm just praying that the Habs hang on to that spot. Yeah. I Oh, man, I want to see Boston Toronto round three. I do not want to. Like, it's, I think... It goes both ways, though. You slay the dragon. You can add, like, I could see them, you know, momentum. It changes so much in hockey, but you've seen teams slay the dragon at first, and then they can just carry them for a little bit. Yeah. I just don't want to play a team that you know they have the best line to put on the ice for 20 minutes. That's fair, but do you game. feel a little more comfortable now that you have Riley Muzzin to play against that top line? Or, oh, 100%. Yeah, I like, just don't think. Or Gardner Muzzin even? like. Oh, either way. You have a legit top pair now. Yeah. Which I helps don't, so much. And, and that's the in the series last year, I mean, they just killed the right side. The right side couldn't move the puck. And Boston game plan that. Um, now this year, I mean, I think the Leafs could still add another guy at the deadline. You know, I don't think... You should rule out them going to get Pissick or Jensen or someone like that because I think if they, you know, especially if it's a third or a second round pick, they should be doing that. I agree. I imagine this lineup going in if you have Pissick or Pissick or Jensen, Muzzin's on your first pair, Pissick or Jensen, and then maybe somehow you trade Zaitsev. Or even if you have to keep Zaitsev, he's your third pair D, just making too much money. Yeah, if he's on your third pair. And then you then... got Dermot Gardner, Riley on the other side. That's huge. Yeah, I wonder if. Um... Like, let's just say, for argument's sake, Jake Muzzin's an eight-goals-above-replacement player. I wonder if he will help, like, way more than you would expect an eight-goals-above-replacement yes. player to offer. 100% I think he will. I mean, that was the same argument that I well, we've been making all year. I my thing, I didn't even think they needed, like, good for them to get Jake Muzzin. If they would have just got guys like Jensen or Pissick or uh, Gustafson from uh, Chicago, you probably would have been okay, too, because it's just... The things that they're replacing on that right side is still so much more yeah. than it looks like. Well, yeah, they're replacing 
Because they're, they're an eight goals above replacement player, but they're also put replacing someone who's been below two goals below replacement yeah. or whatever, right? So they, they look like a ten goal above, if that makes sense, yeah, right? I agree. Like, yeah. having Hainsey off the top pair, who is just so clearly done, yeah. will be so helpful. Yeah, um, I, People on Leafs Twitter have been kind of pouty, and I think the root of it comes back to their Corsi isn't as good as you might expect, and I could see that having a nice little uptick now with Muzzin. I would agree. Uh, keep going here. Uh, Minnesota, do you have anything to say about them at all? No, they're Ever. in the wild card. <laughs> Someone made a joke like, is it really the first round of the playoffs if Minnesota doesn't lose in five games? And it looks like that's where they're headed because they have to play one of the Jets or Preds if they do get in. Jets, Minnesota could be. That was a fun series. Even though it was five games last year, it was pretty violent. I could see that again. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, San Jose, uh, Jones was poor to start the year. He's been better since, but he's still, I don't know, like they, they got a great team. Uh, they're going to need goaltending if they want to make a cup run. Yeah, everyone uh, does. They could be someone who I could really want to see b- trade for Bobrovsky. Just go all in this year. I could see them or going even, even Howard. Even Jimmy Howard. Anyone. Like, just get someone who's not Martin Jones. This team is so old, I could just see them going nuts at the deadline. I would love that. <laughs> It'd be just so cool. do a full five-year rebuild after. I mean, your fans will But even next year, like, I don't think they'll be super competitive next year. I could still see them being a wild-card team or just on the outside edge looking in. Like, even if they lose Carlson, I, you know, that's a huge hit. But I could see this team still being, you know, at least somewhere. Kind of what the Blackhawks were the past two or three years. Were they? Not including last year, but where they made the playoffs. And, I mean... They won the division a couple times, but then yeah, they did. got swept by Nashville. But, I mean, just like, where do they make the playoffs? Probably make a first-round exit, and there you go. Yeah, you take the step, step back out of, like, relevance, but you're not a complete carcass sort of thing. Yeah, that's what I could see them being. Yeah, I don't have much yeah, more to say. You don't get Eric Carlson very often, so good for that. Cool yeah, and I mean, go for it. Just look at the rest of that team. It was the right move to go, go get Carlson and say, all right, this is our year. Let's go. Yep, give uh, it a shot, and yeah. if they fail... They're used to it by now, so. Yeah. Uh, Dallas and Vegas. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't really, I just don't have a ton to say. Good for Vegas. Yeah. This is right where I thought they would be at the beginning of this year. Uh, yep. They just, proved they're not in operation. Exactly. But, but they probably shouldn't be going to the Stanley Cup Finals again this year. No. That was an operation. But, <laughs> but you know, they, they are a playoff team, team. And I, yeah, I thought going in that they probably could be the third, maybe fourth in their division. You know, I thought maybe if Edmonton got goaltending, that Edmonton could be there, but eh, that's yeah, about it. Did. You know, Anaheim maybe, but uh, yeah, good and for them. Dallas, aside from their top players being horseshit, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think very highly of the Stars roster. No, just in general, it's not that good. No, like, they get a lot of hype randomly sometimes, but I don't know. Well, no. just look at their depth. I don't. Their bottom six is not good. It's ugly. Yeah, like... Mark Mathod's done for the year. Maybe that's for the better. I mean, they just got Alexiak back for a fourth-round pick <laughs> that they got for Alexiak. Uh, they play Roman Polak on purpose, yeah. which is never fun. Klingberg's fun. <laughs> they have Hanley's cousin. Oh, man. Ooh, Joel Hanley. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Other than that, like... Just look at the names on that list. Yeah. Hog is playing... <laughs> Like, oh, good for him, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a ton to say about the stars. I never really understood. People hype them up randomly, but they're just a the most forgettable team. One of the more forgettable teams in the league to me. Yeah. Last two teams, Vancouver, Arizona. Uh, Vancouver, obvious reasons, I think. Uh, I think they're playing pretty unsustainably, but Pedersen's been really carrying them, and they've been fine. They're right outside a wildcard spot. If they make it, cool. If they don't, cool. Yeah, they're kind of playing with house money. They really are. Uh, I think tanking probably would have been more beneficial for this year, but you're not going to tell your players to lose on purpose. <laughs> no. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Stetcher's been a great surprise. Yeah. Um, That's about it. They're yep. a good team. Uh, Arizona, I have them here because they're just outside of a playoff spot despite literally freaking everyone on their team being hurt. Everyone. Like, they're starting goalies out, I think. Their star, like, he's their best player, too. Yeah, they're two of their top four defensemen, I believe, are out. Three or four of their top six forwards are out for the year too. It's like, and they're still just like they're still just clawing away, just uh, humming along. Yep, just trying to trying to make playoffs and good for them. B plus, pretty much. Talkett's really getting the most out of his team there. Uh, yes, that's that's all I can like. Go look at their IR. 
God. Demers, almost done, pro- probably done for the year. Ranta, done for the year. Grabner, done for the year. Schmaltz, done for the year. Dvorak, done for a while. Richardson, out for a while. Ew. That sucks. Yeah, like, yeah. A spe- like, emphasis on Ranta. For sure, 100%, because they, they were a legitimate playoff team in my mind if Ranta's healthy for the whole year. Yep. Um, and Demers is a top four defenseman. Grabner, that's a top nine winger. Schmaltz, that's a top six center. Dvorak, that's probably a third line winger. That's a lot to stomach. That is a ton. Especially a team that's not de- rich with depth anyways. Yeah, a team that we expected to be like a fringe playoff team. Missing all those guys and still being on the fringe is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the A real quick. Try two or three minutes maybe per team. I'm going to start off with the easy one. Tampa Bay. Obviously, they have to be, right? Like, Yeah, if Tampa Bay isn't an A, then you're, an A doesn't mean good. Yeah, like, exactly. They've shattered all expectations of anything, really. Like, they're just... They're on pace to just decimate. Yeah, like, like everyone. They've just been so good. Uh, I don't. I don't have much to say. Vasilevsky concerns me a little. Maybe it's just because of the model that his team's so good in front of him. That's why he's not doing quite as well as you'd hope. But uh, when it comes to playoffs, that would be a little bit concerning to me. That would definitely. Concern he's been, me. I think, negative in goal saved above average this year, and like just barely. But he's been pretty much league average, is what I'm getting at, and. I don't know. Like, again, we've said, and league average goaltending is probably enough to carry this team to a, pl- a cup, if I'm being honest. This team is so good that the cup is basically theirs as long as Vasilevsky isn't actively, like, costing them wins, I would think. Or they don't hit a shooting drought, which... Oh, yeah, assuming all the shooters... Like, he has a nine... The shooter shoot, if we... This team is... <laughs> shooter shoot, there you go. This team is so good defensively that he has a 925 save percentage in a league where the average save percentage is down and he's still underperforming his expected save percentage. Yeah. I I, I don't have much to say about them, really. I mean, they have a ton of shooting talent. They're presenting shot quality to an insane degree. Yep. This is not like... They're so good. It sucks the Leafs have to play them in the second round if they want to go on a cup run. Yeah, uh, I I wish that the playoffs would go to one eight. Simple as that. Or pick your own opponent. That'd be fun. But um, I don't. Do you have much more to say on? No, Tampa? they're good. Everyone knows they're good. Everyone knows they're great. Their whole team this year reminds me of Kucherov last year. Remember when the Hart Trophy was like his, and then yeah. people just kind of stopped. They got bored and stopped talking about it. Well, yeah, like no one mentions how good Tampa is because they've just been that good the entire time. Like, yeah, how many losses do they have this year? Do they have 15 yet? They have 10. No, 12. 12. They have 12. Unbelievable. 50, almost 50 games in, and they won't hit 15 losses. Yeah, they're just, their away record would be like a insanely good home record. Yeah. 17, 55, 17, 5, and 2. Oh my word. Yeah. Oh, what, just, a, what a good team. They're just better than everyone else. Yeah. Obviously, they get an A. Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg, Nashville. I had two teams there. I don't know. I just kind of put them in an A because they're the top of their group and they look like they should be the top of the West again. Their underlings haven't been super impressive the last time I checked, for Winnipeg at least. I would move this team, Winnipeg, and probably Nashville to a B just because they've been much less impressive than I expected at 5-on-5. That's fair. Yeah, Winnipeg's a league average in shooting, or in Corsi, I think. Uh, Nashville's at least 7th. Winnipeg's 15th. Yeah, like, I expected a lot out of Winnipeg, and they've obviously been really good. That's fair. I'd probably, division, but... I'd probably move them to a B as well. Yeah, X goals, Nashville 13, Winnipeg 19. Like, that's, yeah. I would definitely bump Winnipeg down to a B if I looked at this for a little longer. Yeah. Nashville maybe an A-. minus. Yeah, not that they've been bad. They've just been, te- like... They just haven't been as good. If we're going versus expectations, they definitely haven't been as good as expectations at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, yeah. The points are still there because of the shooting talent and talent on the teams. Yeah. Uh, Hellebuck's been a bit worrying, I think, for Winnipeg. Yeah, I agree with that. But, uh, I do just so good on the power play and stuff that they don't even really need to kill it at 5-on-5, five five, but I yeah. would like to see you it. You would want to. Like, ideally, you would want to. Yep. Yeah, what I don't know what we got. My next team, we'll go, we'll go Montreal. So I gave Montreal an A because teams and people, including myself, thought they would be a lottery team this year. Yeah, me too. I admit, I think I was really overlooking Claude Julien. Well, the worst is, uh, like, I totally was too, but they had amazing numbers under Julian last year, so we should all be pretty disappointed in ourselves that we, like, didn't even consider it really a possibility that 
Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that's fair. We got that wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. Yeah, we. Uh, and there were signs there. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing for a lot of people was Carey Price, and Carey Price has been great this year. Uh, well, I, the past month, I should say. Yeah, he's been. Coming he's on really strong. found his game. Uh, he started slow, but uh, I mean. Yeah, he's been he's been real solid. Shea Weber finally got back from injury. That was a huge one too. Yeah, Weber being like I didn't think they were really a good team to begin with, and then the second Weber was out, I figured that was pretty much it yeah, for them. I mean, and then you, you look at the Domi that the Domi trade has worked out I think better than even Bergevin could have wanted. Like Domi's just been on he he's scored a ton this year. Uh, Gallagher, yeah. we knew was going to be good. Kotkaniemi I mean, has been awesome. Tatar, that t- Pacioretty trade's been real good. Tatar's been very solid. I don't think that's... I remember saying in the summer that I think that was a pretty dumb guy to just cap dump if you're Vegas because that's a solid pickup for Montreal. I yeah, mean, Tatar had great priors. Yeah, like so I figured like, he'd be at least like a second, if not like a third line winger. And I mean, he's been a top six guy this year. So yeah. Shaw's been good too. I that's weird. Yeah, I mean this line, this team's just clicking. Uh, good for them, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're a threat in the playoffs or anything. No, I don't. I mean, not saying that, like if Carey Price does find his game again, I would be pretty scared to play Carey Price in the playoffs if he's two, yeah that's two true. years ago Carey Price. A hot Carey Price has still got to be one of the most scary things to play against in front of a well-coached team mm-hmm. that's not coached by Michelle Therrien. True. Yeah, I don't know. They, I, I'm not. They definitely would not be my favorite. They'd be. My third, at best, favorite team to come out of the Atlantic, so... It'll be four for me. <laughs> I would say, Atlantic. like, it depends between them and Boston. It's a real coin flip. Yeah, judging by the playoffs right now, them and the Islanders are the clear have-nots as far as teams that will probably make the playoffs in the East. Yeah. But they're uh, not nearly as bad as I thought they were, so... Speaking yeah, of the Islanders, them. that's another team I gave an A to. It's hard not to give a team who's first in the Metro... After losing their star player in A. A team, yeah. A team that lost its probably best player. A team that we thought was going to be like a bottom five team in the league and is now ahead in the Penguins and defending Stanley Cup champions division. The worst is, uh, you see Lamorello got the, um, what's it called? GM of the Year award? Yeah, yeah. It's Not that I, because like, I don't think the moves he made were... They were bad. Good still, yeah. No, they were bad. Like, I mean... Other than Laner. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. And, I and mean, Trotz. Yes. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say they're bad. The, the players he signed, for the most part, were bad. Yeah, we're think, we're talking about the run of fourth liners that I mean, he went yeah, on. Like, look at this. Like Leo Komarov has provided positive goals above replacement this year. At, like, He's been on quite the PDO bender, though. Yeah, Matt Martin. I mean, and they probably all have. Their underlines aren't very strong. They've been getting better. They, they have. They're not 29th like they were earlier in the year. They're closer to 20th now. Yeah, they're they've been. But Leonard improving. playing as a nine thirty something goaltender has definitely helped their cause for being a good team. And Grice is a nine twenty. Yep, pretty much identical. Yeah, I wonder if they'll be <laughs> stupid NHL.com. I saw that. I think they might end up being like one of the great case studies in coaching impact. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, it's definitely like I don't. It's so interesting to me because um, people were trying to say that. Uh, Barry Trotz makes goaltenders better or whatever. I was like, but... That I'm really skeptical Holby of. Holby was like. brutal last year under him for half the year. I mean, and for the longest time in Nashville, they couldn't get anything going under him. You know, like, I, he would be a very interesting guy to study. I think the structure of the defensive game, I could see being better. Uh, and I think there's something, like... Well, yeah, so I guess it, it'd be hard to make your goalies look worse than the Islanders did last <laughs> yes. year. Yes. So I definitely buy he provides value over and above what they had last year. Yes, and I do think that his his team structure, or whatever you want to call it, is good. Yeah, in, in, right. in relative to not necessarily needing uh, to dominate in 5v5 shot categories if you have some shooting talent. And, I mean, they got guys like Barzell... Uh, you know, Anderson. They're not exactly dripping. No, they're not. Talent. But, I mean, the Caps last year were, and the Caps were like a bottom seven team in X goals and course last year. Yeah. So. Did you hear, uh, have you listened to the new PDO cast? I'm in the middle of it right now. Have you got to the part where they talk about the Islanders? No. So it was Rachel Dory was the guest, and uh, she also has... Oh, I have them. Never mind. Uh, There's a new one out today. Oh, I didn't hear that one. She has the Sport Logic data too, and she didn't go into it obviously because I assume you're not allowed to talk about their 
private data publicly, but she said she believes like their numbers are a lot more sustainable than public metrics would make it seem, which I found like we can never verify that obviously, because I don't think sports logic's giving us a look behind the curtain. No, I would be very surprised tomorrow, but I just found that like a really interesting comment. Yeah. I mean, they're probably the team I'm still least scared of in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. I mean, I guess unless Leonard just keeps playing, but I, yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't bet on Leonard continuing to be this good. In terms of grades, you got to give him an A. Yep, I agree. Especially for his expectations. Last team I have, um, I don't know if this is necessarily the best A, but the Calgary Flames. We're pretty high on them. Yeah, but I mean, they're good. They've been real good this year. I they've been better than they're actually the only team close to Tampa. Yeah, like I don't, yeah, and then I don't think I was ever that high on Calgary. No, neither of us would have put them in that tier. No, I would have said that they probably could have competed for a uh, top spot in the uh, their division, the Pacific. But at the same time, I just didn't think the Pacific was flooding with high end teams. Yeah, I'm like ninety percent sure we had them winning the Pacific because we recorded the Pacific Division right before the yeah, Carlson yeah, because and then we went back the next week when we were doing the Central and said, never mind. We'll go Sharks for Pacific. Yeah. And then Calgary, too. But, yeah, because it was between them and Anaheim if Gibson went off and they didn't play like trash. And yep. they played like and trash. They played like trash. So, yeah, I don't know. I They've been solid. Uh, they're an interesting team. Uh, the, the Hamilton trades really has worked out for them. Yeah, really. Uh, uh, and I'm not saying that amazing. because they've been – it's not like the Adam Larson trade worked out for the Oilers. I'm saying that because – the, the Hamilton trade, and I, I did say this in the summer, that I could see it. You trade the, the not-as-good player, but you get some depth, which is what Calgary really needed. Yep. So Giordano is great, and I mean, he, again, we, I think we talked about it last week, that he could win the Norris this year. Uh, he's definitely getting talk it. about it. And uh, But you you got Lindholm, who's been... He's an overall point per game. Yeah, he's been great for them. Uh, Hannafin's been very good for them, too. Um, again, obviously you're probably going to take Hamilton over Hannafin, but when you get Hannafin and much needed depth in Lindholm, that, that's big for you. Yeah. When you get Hannafin plus a point per game forward, who's still got, uh, they just signed him to a new contract. Yeah, who's still got six years left at 4.85. That's really, really valuable. Yeah. So good for them. Um, uh, do you trust Dave Riddich being your starting goaltender with Mike Smith as your backup? Probably not. But... They're the only like realistic contender that I could see buying a goalie. Yeah, I yeah I could see. Uh, San Jose, I could too. But I, and this team's not a contender. Could you see Arizona if the price was right for like a Jimmy Howard or someone? Yeah, like I, I don't see them. See I don't see them giving up their first round pick or anything like that. But I don't know, Arizona makes an alarming amount of trades, so very few <laughs> things would shock me. Um, I, I don't really know what... The goalie market's weird because we've never really seen a high-end name go. No, ben Bishop went a couple years ago and... That was not for much, right? It was, I think, a second-rounder and Louis Domingue, wasn't it? That sounds right. Miller went for, like, a first-round pick when we were in, like, grade school. Yeah, so that was <laughs> nine years ago. <laughs> that was like forever ago. I, I'm trying to think of, like, goalie rentals. No, there just never is any big goal because any good team usually has a goalie. Reimer went for a fourth when he had a nine twenty on the tanking Leafs. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that was a second because Polak went for two seconds well, that yeah. year. One uh, was kind of attached. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. The Neil contract looks freaking terrible. Yeah, and that was re- real bad, and it got bad again. That's one of those that got bad sooner than I think even we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, we thought maybe they'd get some value out of it this year and next year, and then it'd start to look not great. But, wow, yeah, it's looked bad already. Yeah, like, if you had to construct, like, a confidence interval of where you thought Neil was going to be, he's definitely, like, fallen <laughs> below what your worst reasonable case scenario would have been. Yeah. Even though I didn't think it was going to be a good contract. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, that's about all I got for this week. Yes. Yeah, just over an hour. Maybe we'll be... No, we'll probably be. I'm not going to edit too much of this, I don't think. Uh, one thing I do want to know is some feedback. Um, I just about, sometimes I edit it and I cut, you know, seconds out uh, when there's just a bit of a blank space. Sometimes I leave it in, so if you notice if you notice that there's too much space or something, feedback's nice just for editing or, you know, if the way it is is good enough for you guys, that's also good to know. Uh, we're always looking for improvements. Drop a rate on iTunes, I guess, or something like that. I'll, I'll read those if I see one. Are we up. on iTunes? Yeah, we're on everything. Oh, look at us go. 
Um, yeah, find us anywhere. I saw we got downloads on Podbean. That was something I'd never even heard of. That's the that's the one we use to uh, put our podcast out everywhere too. Oh really? Yep, that's the main thing. Oh, I um, learn something new every day. I thought it was through Last Word, or is that what they use? That's the yeah, that's what they use, and then I put it on their site. Okay. Uh, follow me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. Uh, read my work at LastWordOnHockey.com. I just put an article out an article about why the Ottawa Senators should trade Matt Duchesne. We talked about it last week. Go read it. Uh, I also have daily, uh, not daily, weekly uh, trade rumors, I should say. I do two a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, and then every other week is filled by someone else. So for all the latest trade rumors, you can go and look at our um, stuff at Last Round Hockey. For Chase, find him on Twitter at cmhockey66. And I don't know, do you have anything new coming out? Yeah, I actually do for once. Oh, there you go. I am... I have downloaded every single game the Leafs have played this year and the date assigned with it. I'm going to look at how rest has affected their team because that is something that people talk about all the time and it's just kind of implied that more rest is a good thing, but I'm going to see how much it's actually affected them. There you go. So find that on Twitter, CMHockey66. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.